are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com where you can find all of my written work. I know the plan on Wednesday is usually to have crossover Wednesdays now, but due to have schedules work out, we just can make it happen this week. So crossover is going to be crossover Thursday this week. Today we'll be doing our usual Thursday predictions. Um, Sorry, that's all jumbled everywhere. But yeah, predictions a day early, crossover a day late, fun stuff there. Friday's still going to be the full game preview. But we'll be doing our usual Thursday predictions again today uh, on Wednesday. And then we'll take a look at how some Florida Gators have been performing in the NFL so far. Before we get started, just a quick reminder to follow Locked On Gators wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. Be sure to check out Locked On Gators on YouTube and subscribe to that. And be sure to check out my pinned tweet on Twitter and let us know why Florida has the best fans, because we do. Uh, there's only one place to get all the info you need on the SEC five days a week, and that's a Locked On SEC with Chris Yorty of Sports 790. Follow the Locked On SEC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. As usual, we're starting off with the offensive predictions this week. And the first one is that our rushing attack will work, but I don't think it's going to be called upon as much as we think. Uh, Tennessee's run defense has been very good this year, whether you're watching the film or looking at the numbers, whichever one you want to pick, either way you're going to see Tennessee's run defense has been successful. Part of that, uh, part of the stats, if you just look at that, is that their pass rush has been pretty good. They've got eight sacks this year, I think. Uh, so their pass rush has been pretty good. And of course, in college, a sack counts as a rush for negative yardage. So there's that that kind of pads your run defense stats a bit. But even if you just watch the film, their run defense has been pretty solid. Uh, I do think Florida's rushing attack is just too creative to defend consistently and slow down consistently. But again, I'm not sure if we really call upon the rushing attack uh, a ton this week. That is because of my second prediction where I think our wide receivers are much more involved this week than specifically last week, because I know last week against Alabama, we saw a lot of Keon Zipper and Kimora Gamble, and it was a lot of our tight ends carrying the load in the passing game, which is a fantastic scheme against Alabama with their very, very talented corners. Um, and yeah, I don't know if you want to count that as a prediction, but I am, and it's my show, so that's what I'm doing. Uh, both Pittsburgh and Bowling Green State, uh, which I hate, by the way, if you don't know, BGS, UCKS, uh, they found decent success with their receivers. And I don't think it's far-fetched to say that Florida has better wide receivers than both of those schools. So that's where I'm like, yeah, I think, I think our receivers are going to get much more involved. And if we're looking specifically at the Pitt game, we see that Pitt challenges Tennessee vertically. And I think that we can do that because, I mean, Kenny Pickett, not a huge arm quarterback. We know that. We've, we've seen him play plenty of times. We know this. But but they've found success throwing the ball deep with him, partially because of their scheme. I think we might take a few pages from their book. But this Tennessee defense has been suspect getting beat deep. If we're just going to be honest, they've been kind of suspect. Um, they've looked just okay against the pass. They have, I'll say they have good numbers, but that's because they get to play schools like Bowling Green State, who, again, found some success but just couldn't score against them. But they, they weren't terrible throwing the ball. Uh, and Tennessee Tech, who, I mean, 
let's be honest, <laughs> Tennessee Tech, there's a reason they're not a big school because they're not a good school. So, yeah, your numbers look fantastic against Tennessee Tech and look great against Bowling Green State. But when you played against Pitt, the only Power 5 team that you've played so far this year, you won, lost the game, two, gave up over 40 points in that game, and three, you you kind of gave up uh, a, a decent amount of passing uh I'll say games. I don't want to be just say yards because that's kind of uh, simplistic. But passing games, as in the passing offense, found kind of consistent success against Tennessee. And I think that we have better players, as in a maybe I'll say we have a better quarterback duo than Kenny Pickett. Um, in the sense of at least throwing the ball vertically, we have better receivers. We have a better uh, play designer and play caller. And I think that we're really going to get creative and take advantage of this Tennessee secondary that has, again, been pretty pedestrian to this point. Uh, I'm also going to make the prediction that we have at least at least three explosive plays. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I've discussed this before. Explosive plays are typically thought of as runs that go for 20 or more yards and passes that go for 40 or more yards. Um We've we've kind of lived and died by that, um, and with Emory somewhat finding a rhythm against Alabama, and I'm going to assume that we see Anthony Richardson play this week again. He was doing backflips and everything before the Alabama game. I'm sure he was healthy enough to play there. I kind of feel like the coaches might have just been like, you know what, it, like this will be an insane confidence boost for Emory to play at least decent against Alabama and to be the only quarterback that plays against Alabama. Plus we keep Anthony Richardson healthy for the remainder of the year because this one game against the number one team in the country will not make or break anything. So I think we see Anthony Richardson come back this week and we know that he's a big play threat. Just, he's a big play just waiting to happen. He's not even a big play threat. He is a big play waiting to happen. Emory has developed some confidence and a little bit of a rhythm. And again, this is a team that Tennessee they have not been very good against the pass. And I'm not even saying that the pass has to be 40 yards downfield. It could be a screen that goes over 40 yards. The point is, this Tennessee defense, I'm not going to say they're susceptible to big plays, but I think that Florida is kind of, uh, Florida is very talented at bringing those big plays out and that we will find that success against Tennessee. And I honestly, I'm looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be much better than people are uh, kind of not giving it credit for, but better than people are expecting at this point. And I can't wait for it. Like I'm, I'm genuinely excited. And I know, uh, I know a lot of teams struggle the week after they play Bama. I'm, I'm going to say that we won't because we were projected to get dogged by Bama and we almost won. So I'm going to say that we hopefully won't have that same, uh, that same downfall that a lot of teams have. Did anybody else make money this weekend? Because I know I did. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports actions. I got to hit on Florida covering from a parlay, uh, Michigan State one, which is good from a parlay, uh, Coastal Carolina didn't cover, so that screwed my parlay, and neither did Oklahoma, so that screwed my parlay. But I, I, I did bet money line on Florida, but I didn't include it in my parlay because I was like, hey, that one's a bit of a stretch. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device today and sign up and receive a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 
Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use promo code Locked On. That is L O C K E D, no space O N for your 100% welcome bonus. Now we're going to take a look at some of the defensive predictions. Um, I'm going to start off with what I think is, I don't want to say the easiest one, but one that I'm, uh, I want to say relatively confident in, if that makes sense. Um, uh, we forced at least two turnovers this week. That's what I'm saying. Because one, Tennessee has struggled to take care of the ball. They average two turnovers per game. Granted, uh, it was one last week against Tennessee Tech. Uh, it was three in week two and one and two in week one. So, you know, it, it, it literally averages to be two a game. <laughs> they had two, three, one, average two per game. Um, but yeah, I, I think that we can manage to do that also because they've had an issue with fumbles more than interceptions and that's something where i think that we'll uh i think we'll be able to kind of i don't want to say thrive but find a little bit of success i also i don't know what it is but i think that this week uh i think this week todd grantham really dials up the blitzes um i think that it'll be good to confuse these tennessee quarterbacks who whichever one of them is starting not very good um I think it'd be good to keep this Tennessee ground game in check. And yeah, I, I just think that we'll at least show blitz or dial up a few blitzes to keep this Tennessee offense guessing and thinking. And I think that they aren't, uh, I think they're not good enough, really, if I'm going to be completely honest. I think they're not good enough to adjust and adapt. And I think that they will, I think they'll force some of their own errors. And then hopefully our Gators can take advantage of it. I would like to see us force some more turnovers in general because I don't think we've done a fantastic job of doing that so far. And that's something that I'd really like to see us pick up, especially for Georgia, LSU, hopefully, hopefully for uh, Bama the second time because I'm I'm not guaranteeing that we make it to the SEC championship. I'm not guaranteeing Bama makes it to the SEC championship. I am going to say, though, that I, I, I like our odds at this point. But again, no guarantees, no promises, but I'm, I'm happy with what I've seen so far. Uh, the next thing is that I think we hold our rush, hold their rushing attack in check. Um, they've averaged over 220 rushing yards per game and 4.6, 4.5 yards per carry. Uh, our, rush, our run defense has been outperforming and exceeding expectations to this point. And I, I think that we can continue to do so. Like We, we had a damn good game defending the run against Alabama, like Alabama, you know, the team where everybody's like, wow, that offensive line is an NFL offensive line. Our defensive line won that battle. That's huge. Tennessee, not an NFL offensive line. Our defensive line is an NFL defensive line. And that's not hyperbole. Like we are legitimately, or we have legitimately a defensive, an NFL defensive line that we just, we have a very, very good defensive line. Tennessee does not have a very, very good offensive line. I think that we can kind of win that one. And again, um, the, Tennessee's had a few big runs by quarterbacks that has really contributed to their uh, their rushing attack, their numbers looking better. But I think that we've got an athletic enough linebacking group and athletic enough line and an athletic enough defensive line where we can hopefully keep that in check. I'm, I'm fingers crossed if you're, uh, if you're just listening and not watching, but fingers crossed. Cause, uh, I, I feel like saying that I'm not going on wood right now. Cause I feel like saying that is kind of just asking to, uh, to have whichever one of their starting quarterbacks k- 
kill us for 200 rushing yards themselves. Um, yeah, I think our defensive line has been exceeding expectations to this point, and I think that Tennessee's kind of a Tennessee's taking advantage of very weak competition in BG and in Tennessee Tech. Not necessarily Pitt. Pitt's a Pitt's a pretty decent football team. Um, I'm not going to bash them. I like them, but yeah, Tennessee's taking advantage of weak competition, and their numbers look inflated. Granted, we've had two very weak games, but then we went against Bama, and we did the same damn thing we've been doing so i'm i'm not trying to sound overconfident here but i am going to say that i i think this team is even better than we gave them credit for and we meaning gators fans i think that this team is better than we've given them credit for um i'm also going to predict that there's a multi-sack game incoming for the entire defense obviously i realize that i'm going to say at least or not at least i'm going to say four four sacks that, that's what i'm thinking uh, i think we get to a point where Again, in this game, like if if things go at the rate that I'm predicting them of us forcing turnovers, of us holding their ground game in check, of us finding success throwing the ball, of us finding success running the ball when we run the ball, I think this game can get ahead of Tennessee. And I don't think Tennessee is a team that's properly equipped to battle back or really... Uh, or, or really hold their own in a high-scoring affair, which I, I think Florida can turn this into, and I think Florida wants to turn this into, which is why I was like, maybe we don't call on our rushing attack a ton, which is a very good rushing attack, um, arguably the best in college football right now. Or, I mean, I don't even want to say arguably. That's, that's where I'm at. I don't even want to say arguably. I think we have the best rushing attack in college football right now. Um, and so I, I think that... This can turn into a very high-scoring affair very quickly, and it's going to get out of Tennessee's hands. And at that point, they need to throw the ball. They don't have good quarterback. They don't have a great O-line. They don't have great receivers to create this separation. Hopefully, Todd Grantham lets our guys press. And I think our D-line is just like, all right, pin the ears back, go nuts, and go get them. And I think that uh, I think that the Gators can kind of find success in doing that on a relatively consistent basis this weekend. Um I, I have high hopes and high expectations for this game. So, again, I'm saying we forced two turnovers against Tennessee. I think that's not asking too much. They already averaged two turnovers per game. So that's kind of just saying that they keep it par for the course. I think we hold their rushing attack in check. Uh, they average 220 yards per car- 220 yards per game, 4.6 yards per carry. I think we can limit them to both yards per carry and just carries in general to kind of cut down that yards per game. And a multi-set game is incoming because, again, I think this is going to become a high-scoring affair, at least on our side of the ball. So I think that Tennessee will need to throw the ball to keep up, and I think that our defensive line is good enough to wreak some havoc once Tennessee tries getting out of their comfort zone because that's another thing. If Tennessee has to throw the ball a lot, that's getting them out of their comfort zone. They're not ready for that. So if we can kind of do that and get our D-line after them, we can just take the air out of them. Not even take the air out of the ball. Take the air out of them completely. And I don't know about you guys, but football season's here, and now I'm constantly reminded that these freak athletes have insane physiques, and I do not. <laughs> so I've decided to commit to eating Built Bar as my snack instead of sugar-filled snacks because I eat snacks during the game. I eat snacks just throughout the day, especially working from home. Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. And if you're trying to eat clean, but you've got a sweet tooth, like we all know I do, that's no longer a problem. Built Bar is your low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and 
high fiber solution. You can even enjoy Built Bar if you're keto. Remember to use promo code LOCKED15, that is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Prize Fix? If not, listen to the show more. I guarantee you, you won't regret it. Prize Fix is a daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. Prize Fix offers every sport you can think of, NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. Prize Fix offers more college football props than anyone in the world, and if you don't know, college football props in general, very hard to find. Like, very, very hard to find. I can't find them on a certain website that I use very frequently. Sorry. Um, it covers with all the major stars from Power 5 schools and mid-majors and small schools like Toledo, which, you know, I love by now. PrizePix allows mixed sport entries. So take the over on LeBron turnovers and the under on Mahomes turnovers in the same entry if you'd like to. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Now to wrap up today's show, we're going to talk about some Gators in the NFL and see how they've been doing. And I, I've picked six. I picked six Gators. Um, there was not really a ton of rhyme or reason as to why I picked them. Uh, I just I just chose these guys. First up, Kyle Pitts. You should have known I was going to pick it. If you didn't, if you weren't like, oh, Kyle Pitts, shame on you. Listen to the show more because we all know tight end's favorite offensive position. Kyle Pitts, one of my favorite players. So. You should know that. Um, Kyle Pitts is, here's one thing with him that I know that we spoke about a lot pre-draft, and it's been the conversation as to whether or not he can play in line, in the slot, out wide. Arthur Smith, the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, has done a very good job of keeping Kyle Pitts evenly distributed through the inline tight end spot, in the slot, out wide. He's played more slot than anything else, but not, the other numbers aren't that far behind. In those two games he's played so far, he's had 12 targets, nine catches, so 75% catch rate, 104 yards, 36 of which came after the catch. Um, if you watched week one, you know that they weren't, they were kind of just checking it down to him and it wasn't really working. Uh last week against or this past week against the Bucks, they had one game where they had one play where he picked up like 20 yards after the catch. So he hasn't been as explosive as people as have hoped. But he's got a 100, or Matt Ryan has a 100.7 passer rating when targeting Kyle Pitts. Next up is Freddie Swain, who had a big game this past weekend. He's got six targets on the year, one in week one, didn't have a catch. Five targets this past week against the Tennessee Titans. Um, and five catches, 95 yards, one touchdown, 58 yards after the catch. He had a huge play. I think it was 68 total yards, and it was just a bomb. And... Russell Wilson, when targeting Freddie Swain, has a 158.3 passer rating Like when targeting Freddie Swain. And if you don't know, 158.3, as weird as it sounds, is a perfect passer rating in the NFL. So Russell Wilson to Freddie Swain, perfect connection. Marco Wilson, who, again, we a lot of people make fun of for the shoe thing. I'm over. We should They shouldn't have been in that game to begin with, so I don't care so much about the shoe. But... Marco Wilson in two games has played 48 coverage snaps. In those coverage snaps, he's been targeted six times. He's allowed six receptions for 58 yards, one touchdown, a pass rating of 146.5. Yeah, he struggled when he's played so far. Granted, week one was against the Titans, so it was against guys like, oh, I don't know, 
Julio Jones. Um, who else is a Titan? Oh, AJ Brown. It was against very talented receivers. Uh, he did get injured in week two. He played a ton in week one, got injured in week two, and obviously didn't finish the game at that point. So it was a little rough, but I mean, this is a guy that he was a fifth round pick this year, and he's a starting corner, started week one. So this is huge for the for the Arizona Cardinals. It's already a good pick. Next up is Marcus May, who's safety on the Jets. He's been phenomenal for them. This year, he's had 68 coverage snaps. He's been targeted eight times, allowed five catches for 40 yards, and that's a 75.0 passer rating. That would be his lowest passer rating allowed since 2018. And even in 2018, he only played in six games. So he's got the lowest passer rating of his career if he holds up over the course of the season. This would be the long, the lowest passer rating of his career in which he played at least the majority of a season. Because again, in 2018, he played six games. That's a less than half the season. So, I mean, this is this is a big year for him so far. Next up, someone who's not having a big year, Alex Anzalone. He's played 58 cover snaps so far. He's been targeted nine times. He's allowed nine catches for 105 yards. That's a 152.3 pass rating, almost perfect. And Alex Anzalone is on pace to give up 893 yards this season. That is bad for any position like that is terrible for a linebacker because that means that they're just going at you at that point. And I'd imagine that if he remains the starter throughout the year, if he remains healthy, that number is going to climb because teams are going to be like, well, he can't cover as much as we thought he could, because this is kind of supposed to be his strength. So if I'm Alex Anzalone, I'm focusing on covering for the rest of the year. Next up is a, uh, a, a happy story. Dante Fowler jr. Who, he has had a tumultuous NFL career so far. He's got four pressures this year, which granted that's not like world breaking, but three of which came against Tampa Bay on Sunday, which obviously has one of, if not the very best offensive line in the NFL. So that is huge. Specifically, their tackle spots are very good. Uh, Dante Fowler looks like he could be in line for a bit of a bounce back year. I'm going to have to watch the film on this game because I was watching the game live and I just wasn't really paying attention to the trenches but Dante Fowler three pressures against Tampa Bay including a sack I need to watch if he was just a free runner or if he was just dogging dudes because he could be in for a big year which Atlanta's been looking for that about does it for today's episode of Locked On Gators join me tomorrow as it's crossover Thursday and I'll be here with Eric Kane of Locked On Vols once again my name is Brandon Olson you can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon you can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports that is W-H-O-L-E N-I-N-E Sports. Be sure to check out Lockdown Pit, hosted by Nick Faribault, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Pitt showed us the blueprint for beating Tennessee. Throw the ball deep. So, I mean, here's to you, here's to you, Pitt. Betting on the Gators doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert, by the way, they've been actually like killing it. Like, statistically, betting-wise, they've been killing it. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you listen to podcasts.